One father is more than a hundred schoolmasters. George Herbert. Just a good old boy, trying to be a good old man. Out here learning on the fly, trying to do the best Hello I and can. welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast, the very first episode of the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. I am really, really excited that this day is finally here. We have been working on it, thinking about it, praying about it, planning for it for a while now. And here we are, episode number one. I am Brett Etheridge, and I am joined by my co-host, Perry Hughes. Perry, welcome. What's up? I'm happy to be here. Very excited about the podcast. Excited what the Lord really wants to do, um, honestly, in our own individual lives through this podcast, for the lives of our own kids. And um prayerfully and hopefully for the lives of men, you know, all over the globe as they uh, work through their fatherhood journey, because it really is a journey, Brett, you know, that's what, that's what is uh, the beauty of the part of the process. It is. Um, And we're going to dive into all of that. We have a full episode for episode number one, sort of give you the layout of what we're going to do. We're going to cast a vision, sort of a deeper vision for what this podcast is all about. So you'll get a better sense of if it is something that you want to listen to regularly. And I hope the answer to that is yes. Uh, We're going to dive into some of the fruits of faithful fatherhood, what it even means to say faithful. What does that mean, faithful fatherhood? And what, what really benefits have we seen in our own lives? lives and the lives of our own kids through our faithful fatherhood journey. And, uh, and I think you'll be able to relate to a lot of them as well. But first, we are going to start every episode with quick wins from the week. Uh, and actually, before we dive into that, Perry, where are you recording from today? Where are you coming from? Well, right now I'm recording from my house, which is in the metropolis of Rutherfordton, North Carolina. It's actually a tiny little town um, in the middle of the sticks, and we love it out here in the country. But right now I'm, I'm in my uh, living room slash kitchen space. Nice. How about yourself? Yeah, and I'm coming from Knoxville, Tennessee, I guess a smaller town called Rockford, Tennessee, south, a little bit southeast maybe, or maybe due south of Knoxville. Uh, so anyway, just trying to give you guys a sense of who you are listening to. Uh, you'll get to know us a lot better, obviously, as we open up our lives really to you as we share stories and get real about our fatherhood journey. But uh, anyway, so Perry from Rutherfordton, I am Brett from Knoxville, Tennessee. And let's just start with some quick wins for the week. So how has your week uh, been, Perry? And uh, maybe share a quick win from the week in terms of your fatherhood. Absolutely. My week's been great. We started out as uh, on vacation at the coast. My in-laws have a place down in Little River, South Carolina, which is right on the North Carolina, South Carolina line. And we've been there uh, so far this week and doing some fishing and some surfing and some just good old fashioned get out and creation, have some fun type of activities. And that actually directly relates to my one of my wins for the week. And that is that um, I, along with my father-in-law, my bride, and my two oldest sons, JP and Liam, uh, we went 40 miles offshore to do a little bit of fishing in my father-in-law's boat. We went to a place called Frying Pan Tower, and it's off the uh, coast of the Carolinas. And it's a pretty good haul on a boat. You know, it's a big adventure. It's, um, you know, you never know what you're going to get into when you're that far offshore in terms of what kind of fish you might be able to catch. And then also, you know, just the being out in the elements, the weather, the wind, the waves, um, you know, you gotta be cautious about that and, um, but take reasonable risks. So for me, the big win is taking my 
14-year-old and my 12-year-old 40 miles offshore to go fishing uh, in a little fishing boat. And um, I think that really speaks to the aspect of that cowboy um, nature of them wanting to learn that they have what it takes. And so that's a great little glimpse into that segment when we get to it. But for me, that was a quick win, doing something dangerous, but within reason, a reasonable amount of risk. So when you say a little fishing boat, like <laughs> what are we talking? Uh, it's a, it's a nice boat. He just got a new boat this year. It's a 27 foot, uh, sea hunt game fish. So, um, but you know, 40 miles, it's plenty big enough to go that far and farther offshore as we've, we, we've actually had it farther out than just 40. We've probably been 60 miles offshore in it. Um, and it's a great seaworthy boat. We weren't out there in a little, uh, 14 foot John boat or anything Gotcha. Like that. Do your kids get seasick <laughs> at all or do you get seasick? Um, I don't, they don't, uh, my bride does frequently. So if you're listening and you get seasick and you want to be offshore fishing, a little pro tip is get you a couple packs of Mentos and, uh, and pop some Mentos while you're out there. Uh, th that helps. Nice. I am not a fisherman, but my kids, uh, my oldest two boys just got into fishing this summer, really. And fortunately they have a pops, a, a grandpa who is big into fishing and hunting and all of that stuff. And so, man, they have been eating up their fishing time with pops this summer. I'm sure we'll get into that at some point, but I, I've been deep sea fishing once, got seasick. <laughs> and then I've been, you know, lazy man fishing a couple times. I went last summer trying to learn to fly fish that didn't go all that well. So anyway, we can tell fishing <laughs> stories later. So, uh, Perry, I guess is our resident outdoorsman fishermen and so forth i am more the uh the city boy the uh the sports guy the athlete not that perry's not an athlete so anyway just trying to trying to learn and grow and uh i'm gonna have to take up fishing i think with my kids because they really seem to enjoy it um after learning to do it this summer so anyway um yeah so so my my win for the week my kids started school this week and it's it's been crazy and hectic for those of you listening who have kids going to school you know uh kind of the school age kids it's just crazy getting back into the flow of getting to bed earlier and waking up earlier and after school sports and all of that type of stuff um but you know sunday before school started you know jackson asked if i could hey dad come out and play basketball with me and my first instinct my first reaction was no um, because it was just crazy. You know, we're packing backpacks and organizing things and, um, you know, cooking and making lunches for the next day and just like doing a million things that you have to do, obviously, before school starts. And uh, I was just, I was just feeling busy and overwhelmed and tired and all of those types of things. And I was like, no. I just thought about it for just like a split second. I said, yeah, you know what? Let, let's do that. And so my, I guess my win was just carving out. And it wasn't a ton of time. It was like 15, 20 minutes. We played a game of horse. But, but saying yes to time spent with him right before school started because obviously once school hits, you know, you just don't have as much yeah. time. Um, and so, yeah, we had a good time and played a little horse. And then I got back to all the stuff, all the logistics and, and time suck stuff that, you know, goes into that. But um, I, I was yeah. listening. Uh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say congrats, brother. That's awesome. Like that, you know, a lot of times we think as dads that it has to be the, this big time all day adventure, like going offshore fishing, you know, but it doesn't, you know, the, the wins and the moments that they, that the kids remember are those little yes moments. Yeah. And I just wanted to congratulate you and commend you on changing your mind from your knee jerk. No, which is the responsibility. Oh, they got so many things to do. Oh, we can't, we don't have time for that. You know, don't you understand kid? 
we, we, this isn't, you know, my life isn't playtime revolved around your world, right? Like that's how we go as dads sometimes. Like I've got responsibilities. Yeah. You know, but the reality to be able to take that notion or that sentiment or that mindset really and set that to the side and go, you know what? Yes, let's go play basketball is amazing that's huge brother and uh, i'm excited to hear that report as your win is one of your wins for the week that's yeah cool. i appreciate that uh and i i won't say i'm always i always say of yes course. but but i did this time and I, I always think about two things um the first is will he always want to play basketball with me you know and i think that's one of my hopes is that as a father he'll always want to say hey dad let's go play basketball but what if he doesn't? Or what if, you know, that, and that's part of this journey, right? I want to be the dad that even when he's 16 and 17 and like a teenager and you always hear that teenagers, that they're going to stop liking their parents. And well, but, but I kind of hope not, you know? And so, but I, if I say no all the time, at some point he'll probably stop asking me and I don't want that day to come. So at some point I have to say yes. Um, and I want to say yes. And so the more you say yes, the more he knows that that's a question he can ask and not get shut down all the time. Uh, but the second thing, I was listening to a podcast, I don't know, a few months ago, um, CrossFit podcast, interestingly enough. But uh, but the host, you know, he, he put time in perspective in a way that maybe I'd heard before, but it just kind of really hit home. He said, you know, sometimes we, when we think about the abstractness of time, it's hard to get our mind around how finite it really is. But when you think about your kids, think about it in terms of how many more summers do you have with them? Yeah. And I was like, whoa, that's a good point because like Jackson is only 12. And so you got JP, JP right? JP uh, 14. Like I've only got six summers left with Jackson in theory. For you, it's like four. Yeah. Assuming yeah. he's going to go off to college. Maybe he will, maybe he won't. But but the point is it's like six summers is not a lot. And so are we going to milk everything out of those or are we going to be too busy with life and work and constantly saying no and not trying to do fun things with them because summer comes and goes and the next thing you know, they're in school and then one day they may wake up and when they're 16 and 17, maybe they don't want to send, spend their whole summer with you, but when they're 12, they do. And so, you know, we tried to, we tried to spend a lot of time with them this summer and I think we did a pretty good job of that. But anyway. Uh, so that was my win from the week. Uh, thank you for sharing yours. And um, and let's get to know your hosts a little bit more. I think we've already uh, revealed some things about ourselves and our nature and our personalities a little bit. But uh, we're just going to play a quick game of two truths and a lie. I'm sure you guys have probably played that or heard somebody play it at some point. There's actually a, a new game show coming out about spot the liar or something you can actually win money if you're really good at figuring out who's lying as people ah, tell these cool. tell these stories yeah hosted by bobby bones i i don't know i listen to him on the radio sometimes in the morning driving my kids to school and apparently he's going to be the host of this new game show so we'll see if that's successful or not uh but anyway perry and i are just going to quickly share three things about ourselves two of them are going to be true one of them is going to be a lie we'll try to figure out if we know each other well enough to spot the lie and then we'll let you the listener try to figure that out as well even though you don't know us as well and uh, we'll kind of reveal the answer at the end of today's show uh, but why don't you go ahead Perry share three things about yourself one of which needs to be a lie absolutely coming up all right so in high school uh, I used to climb onto the roof of my buddy's car while we're rolling down, you know, roads uh, in Greensboro and surf like Teen Wolf. And I would do this for <laughs> the adventure and the excitement of it. 
And I would also on occasion do that to improve, uh, I mean, excuse me, impress or uh, shock the ladies that might happen to be in the car with us. Um, number two, while on a youth group mission trip to Jamaica, I got busted with weed by one of the counselors and sent home. So that was uh, an interesting experience. Uh, and then number three, twice in our adult life, my wife and I have owned boats big enough to camp and or live on, and we have lived on a boat for a while. Hmm. So you definitely dated yourself with the, the Teen Wolf reference, although I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Although I imagine a lot of the people listening to this podcast are probably uh, probably roughly uh, yeah. in this age range. In the neighborhood. So. Um, okay, interesting. Yeah, so I'll take a st- uh, I'll take a stab at it, and then let the listeners kind of find out the answer at the end. Um, I can see you surfing on top of a car. I. I know you love boats. Have you lived on a boat? I'm going to say it's number two. And I'm going to say that maybe you did actually get busted with weed, but you weren't sent home from Jamaica because of that. Um, So maybe that's a nuance to the answer. I think there's some sort of lie built into number two, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if that's right. You and and Brittany Griner uh, busted for drugs over in Russia. So anyway. (laughs) Um, <laughs> mine aren't quite as elaborate. Mine are just kind of quick and, uh, cool. quick and easy. And eh, I think they might be a little bit easy for you personally, but, uh, maybe not for some of the listeners. So, uh, three things about myself. Number one, I am a huge UNC basketball fan. And for those of you listening overseas, maybe UNC is the university of North Carolina. <laughs> so college basketball in the United States. Uh, number two, I speak four languages. And number three, I have never had a cup of coffee. Wow, those are great. And um, gosh, I know that you love sports, but I actually don't, I don't remember your teams because I'm such a not like into sports guy. So I know that you're a huge sports fan. So is it UNC or do you love, or do you love another team like Duke or something like that? Um, and then let's see, never had a cup of coffee in your life. You're very health conscious. Um, Although so I that, think there are some health that, benefits to coffee. I think the yeah. studies go back and forth on that. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, one, one month it's this, another month it's that, you know, one, one year. Um, all right, well, tell me the middle one again. What was the middle one? I speak four languages. Four languages. You are incredibly intelligent. You are incredibly studious um, and you love to learn. So, I mean, really, all those could be uh, truths or they all could have little little tastes of untruth in them. Like I only speak um, three I'm languages. Gonna, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that it is. Um, I'm going to I'm going to say number one. Okay. I feel like you're a, I feel like you're a Duke fan. And if you are a, if you are a Chapel Hill fan then gosh, I mean, can you imagine the accusation right there in that, in that, (laughs) whoa, heresy. All right, cool. All right. Yep. We'll, uh, we'll find out soon. 
So, all right. Um, So there you go. You guys have a a better sense of who you are listening to, at least a little bit. And and I want to talk for just a moment before we kind of transition to talking about some of the fruits of faithful fatherhood, to just casting a vision for really what this podcast is all about that goes beyond the little blurb that describes the podcast and really sort of where our heart is, why we're doing this. and and really, I think some of the benefits that uh, that you guys can expect to receive from sort of listening to the podcast, and hopefully you align with with what we're about and want to go on this journey with us. Um, and I think that's a big part of it as well. So I've got a lot to say about this, Perry. Maybe I'll just kind of open it up to you and see if you want to start and throw out a few a few thoughts about why you're here and why faithful fatherhood. Yeah, for sure. I think for me. Um... Well, just a little bit of background. Uh, Brett and I have known each other uh, professionally and as friends for quite a few years now. And uh, we spoke on the phone a while back and he was telling me the vision for this podcast. And as he was talking about it, I was kind of expecting him to maybe ask me to be a guest on the show at some point, which would have been awesome and exciting. Um, And then you asked me to co-host it with you. And man, I was so thrilled about the opportunity to do that because as you just shared a little bit about your heart towards this and really God's vision for it, um, man, I just came alive inside, you know, I can't, I came just lit up. So the idea of, um, going through this faithful fatherhood and really using, um, father by God, you know, by John Eldridge as the springboard talking about the different stages of the masculine journey, um, man, my spirit, my soul, my mind just comes alive as we talk about those things. I do have three sons and a daughter. And, um, you know, I just recognize the need for men to be able to um, come together as a community and share part of this journey with each other. And, And my hope is that the Lord will use it in a mighty way in each of our, you know, fathering journeys, because we want to be the best dads we can be to our kids. Um, We want to set them up in ways that our dads uh, fell short for us. And my hope is when my sons become dads, that they will go even to the next level and fill, you know, fulfill roles that I fell short for them. So to me, there's a legacy, just a generational legacy that I'm excited about leaning into and improving my own fatherhood capacity um, for my kids. And then I'm thrilled for you and me to share this journey together um, because I know you to be a man of great faith and great desire to do things um, the Lord's way. Because um, I tell my kids, you know, you've got a choice. You can do things the Lord's way or you can do things your own way. And either way is, you know, up to you. Um, but I promise you, and I tell them from my own personal experience, I tried things my own way for a long time and it just doesn't work out so well. <laughs> Not that the Lord's path is easy. You right. know, make no mistake. Uh, the Lord's path is, is challenging. Um, but his, his burden is, is light and his yoke is easy. And that there's a difference between saying, well, if you do things God's way, you're never going to have any, uh, you know, adverse conditions in your life. That that's very far from the truth. Um, but I'm thrilled about the opportunity to do this podcast with you. And I'm excited about the the platform of a podcast because it's so relational um and so fun. And that's another thing, you know, that, that kind of leads into is I'm excited about you and I being able to just sit down as 
friends, as brothers in Christ, and just have a dialogue um, and begin to, um, well, not begin to, but continue to just be real and authentic with each other. And that's one of the things I do love about um, the podcast um, as a platform um, for expressing thought is because um, it's a conversation between a couple of friends. And um, I think true, uh, you know, authenticity and um, vulnerability is what oftentimes is going to have a big impact on the lives of others because we're just being real and, and truthful, you know, in this, in this scenario. So those are just some of the things that I'm really, you know, honored to be a part of it, humbled to be a part of it and excited for the path moving forwards. Cool. Yeah. I, that's awesome. I appreciate you sharing all that. And, uh, I echo all of what you said and what I hear you saying in there is a desire to, to grow and be better and wanting to create a legacy for your kids. And I think, I'm not sure every father feels that way. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, I think there there are so many fathers that just sort of either abdicate the responsibility of fatherhood or aren't intentionally trying to figure out how to actually be a good father or be a better father or grow in certain areas. And and we want to, and you want to, and I want to, and hopefully the listeners want to. And so this is really a podcast for people who know that it takes a little bit of work, a little bit of striving, a little bit of prayer, to and coming together with other men to figure out how to do this fatherhood thing well, and not just sort of let life happen and wake up one day and your kids are off to college and it's like, whoa, what just, like what just happened, <laughs> you know? And are they are they ready for the world and all of those types of things? And so I think intentionality is a big word there uh, for me. Um, you know, kind of two, two frames of reference for how I'm thinking about this podcast. Um, I was in the Peace Corps and, uh, maybe that gives some insight into one of my truths or was it a lie (laughs) about speaking (laughs) a language because I, uh, so I lived in Madagascar for, for two years in the Peace Corps. But I remember when I went to the recruiting meeting, so I was interning at the state department, the U S state department in Washington, DC. And on lunch break, I just saw that they were hosting a, a meeting with the Peace Corps and I had heard of the Peace Corps and had no idea what it was. And so I attended this meeting and, you know, their marketing got me. <laughs> it really did. Like, it was like, oh, man, because their marketing, at least at the time, their like tagline was the hardest job you'll ever love. Mm. And I was like, I, I want that. Yeah. Like, because I yeah. like hard. I respond to hard. I can do hard things. Um, and I was like, if it's going to be hard, but you're telling me I'm going to end up loving it, like, sign me up, you know? And and I think I think that could also be the tagline for fatherhood. Absolutely. Because it is hard. It is, you know, I don't know, at least for at least for me, I find aspects of fatherhood challenging. Uh, the need to die to self, to let go of some of our own selfishness, to put others before ourselves. That's not easy. The logistics of fatherhood, like three crazy kids running around the house and screaming and yelling and needing things, like it's not easy. But there are aspects of it to love. And and I think that's the part too that I struggle with a little bit more. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more later. It's like I, I handle hard things okay, but mm-hmm. I don't always find myself loving fatherhood. Um, yeah. And so I want more joy in my own fatherhood. I want uh, I want to figure out how to how to really embrace and love the trials of fatherhood. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is making any sense, but for me, I feel like 
having a platform like this podcast to talk to other people and other experts and pick other people's brains about their their fatherhood journeys is going to be a great way to sort of tap into all of that stuff to be to be better because when fatherhood becomes too much of a chore or a burden or if we feel feel that about it I think we we're doing it wrong and so like let's learn how to do it right um, and really the second thing that sort of builds on that is, uh, I, I recently joined a business mastermind, and during the onboarding process, uh, the guy who was kind of bringing us on board, you know, is a business mastermind, and and he asked the question, you know, what in the world are you the best at? Like, what are you the best in the world at? And and I think maybe that's a good question, and I guess the right question in a business context. If I'm trying to figure out what to build a business around, or how to how to position myself in my current business, like can I really capitalize on what I'm the best in the world at, and 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 just grow that and position myself that way and market myself that way? Okay, I, I get that, right? And so we talked through some of that stuff in the business context. Um, but for this podcast, I think a different question, it really sparked this idea of a different variation of that question, which is, what do I want to be in the best, the best in the world at? Yeah. And so I would ask you, like, what do you want to be in the best, the best in the world at? Uh, I don't know. I want to be the best CrossFit athlete in the world. Okay. So there are people who go out and pursue trying to be the fittest on earth. And that's front of mind because the CrossFit games just wrapped up. And yeah. Um, yeah. anyway, so, so like I want to be, or I want to be the fastest swimmer in the world. I want to be the best concert pianist in the world. Okay. There's lots of potential answers that we could have. And, and there have been different answers to that question for me at various times in my life. But I would say right now, my answer to that question is I want to be the best father in the world. Like, yeah. and I don't think I'll ever be the best father in the whole world. There's like billions of fathers in the world, but can I be the best version of a father that I can be? And right now I'm not close to that. I don't think I'm close sure. to being the best father in the world or maybe even my best version of myself as a father. And so, so I just want to go on that journey and I want to be intentional yeah. about it. And I want to, you know, I'm not, so I'm not an ex, I mean, I'm an, an expert in the sense that I'm a father and I've learned some things and I read and I, I think about it and I pray about it and I, like, I know some things. And so I think I'm going to be able to help some of you guys on your fatherhood journey. And I know Perry will for sure. Um, but we're also going to invite interesting people as guests on this podcast and pick their brains and learn from their experiences and talk to them. And, and that's a big part of what this podcast is going to be about. We're going to interview lots of interesting people. And, uh, and so I just think, you know, that's really the vision is to try to try to bless you guys, the listener and, uh, and equip, not even just to bless, but to equip with tools and, and resources and, and new ways of thinking maybe, and, and ways of just, Let's all try to let's all just try to be better fathers. I'm willing to grow, and I think this podcast is going to be a platform for me to grow personally. And I want to grow with you, Perry, and all the rest of you guys listening. So that's my vision for the podcast. Yeah, hundred percent. I love it. Uh, thanks for sharing all that, and uh, all of that really resonates with me too, big time. And as you were talking about, you know, what do you want to be the best at? And you're kind of listing all those things. And obviously, we're the Faithful Fatherhood podcast, so I kind of you know, have an insight to where you're going with that. But my heart resonated in that same thing with you. It's like, well, I just want to be the best freaking dad. I want to be the best father that I can, that I can possibly be. And of course I've got shortcomings. Of course you've got shortcomings. Of course our kids are going to, you know, sit, sit probably in a therapist office one day and be like, <laughs> dad, I can't believe you, you know, 
did that, right? Because we're just human beings. Um, but the reality is, you know, if we set an intention to growing as fathers, to improving, to being moldable, you know, because ultimately, you know, God, the father himself, who is the perfect father, is going to mold and shape us into more and more of his likeness as we lean into that, as we become intentional with that, as we say, this is my goal, this is my agenda. I want to grow in fatherhood, you know, heavenly father, please teach me. Um, and uh, I, I think it's where we're going. I think it's what you and I are both passionate about. And uh, hopefully as a listener, as you're tuning into this, it's all resonating with you too. And your heart is being stirred um, in the midst of hearing Brett and I talk of these things. So yeah, it's great. And there are a lot of fruits that come from being faithful as a father, for pressing in, for trying to improve and to grow, and to just being present in our kids' lives. So, you know, in the time we have remaining on this episode, uh, let's just transition a little bit, and maybe you can share a few stories or examples or things you've seen from your own fatherhood journey to this point, 14 years for you, I guess. Um, Although, you know, there are obviously multiple lenses we can look at fatherhood through. There's what you've seen in your own kids based on your role as father in their lives, but maybe also things that you've experienced based on how you were fathered. Um, right. And so just just in general, maybe a, a few thoughts that you would have, and we'll just kind of go back and forth. You, you start with one, then I'll go. And let's just share you know, a few of what we would we would see as benefits or fruits that accrue from being faithful as a father. And it's not like we're trying to convince anything that it's important to sure. be a present or faithful father. But I think I think sometimes just realizing that, you know, this does matter and it is important and good things happen in our kids' lives and our lives when we've either had a faithful father speaking into our own life or or being fathered by God the Father, as you suggested. Um it just is, I think it inspires me to then want it to be better for my own kids, knowing the benefits that they will accrue as well. So uh, go ahead and why don't you maybe share share one of your first thoughts, Perry? Yeah, initially, as I was kind of um, just marinating on on this topic, you know, in preparation for our time today, the thing that really just came to the forefront of my mind immediately is my own personal walk with the Lord, because the reality is, Setting an intention to be a faithful father is um, an intention. It's an intention that is beyond my earthly and physical and humanly, you know, possible capacity. So I'm setting an intention out to, like you said, to be the best father that's really bigger than my ability. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Me, Perry Hughes, in the flesh, right? As a as a earthly father, and so to me. You know, my own, as I look through the years and, and and contemplate this, my own walk with the Lord is deepened, strengthened, because I am continually being put into situations where I need to lean back into my own personal relationship with Jesus because of because of shortcomings, because of mistakes, or because of just, you know, your kids are making you crazy and you're like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm going to freaking kill you, you know, but, uh, you know, that's what you're doing on the inside. And so I have to say, Oh, hold on time out, walk away for a minute, do some breath work, you know, <laughs> count to a million, whatever it takes, pray, 
get recentered. Hey, Lord, I don't have the capacity for patience. Or, uh, you know, even, um, you know, just the desire or the, know, knowing what to say to my kids, you know, that kind of goes along with it. You know, that I was having a conversation with one of my kids the other day and, you know, I have this topic I'm going to talk to them about and I'm going, all right, Lord, I don't have the answer for this. But here I am with my kid needing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I need some insight. And so I'm leaning into my relationship with the Lord as I am uh, striving to improve my capacity as a father. And, you know, for me, that's the ultimate benefit. I think there's, you know, dozens and dozens, you know, we could talk benefits for probably two days. Um, But to me, that's the one that came to the forefront of my mind. Yeah, that's huge. Your own personal relationship with the Lord as a benefit of him giving you the stewardship of, of children and, and needing to lead on him. That's really cool. Um, for me, I mean, as, as you just suggested, there are a million potential benefits. I think we all know that, that the stability provided by a faithful father, the presence of a father just, just really is so important for, for their growth and their development. Um, but a little bit more background on sort of me and my fatherhood journey, for those of you who don't know, my oldest two boys are actually adopted. And so um, I, I sort of have the experience of being able to see and contrast even um, their growth, my older two boys' growth, as a result of my wife and I being stable presences, stable parents in their lives, sort of in contrast then to my youngest child, Declan, who has been with us from you know day one, and and be able to really see sort of sort of the stark contrast between those two situations. And specifically, you know, I want to point out and just talk about self-confidence. I think one of the most important benefits that kids receive from having a faithful father is self-confidence. Um, when we took custody of our two older boys, at the time they were five and three, and st- stepping into a fatherhood role at that point, you know, in my late 30s with no experience with kids, obviously, you know, I was, I was selfish, free, living free and easy. My wife and I literally had been living in South America, um, kind of doing our own thing, doing what we wanted, when we wanted. And all of a sudden it was like, uh-oh, nope, the Lord said, uh, I've got other plans for you. That's a, a fun story for another time. But but basically called us back to the United States to step in and take take custody of our two uh, our two boys. And, um, and I knew nothing. You know, I was, uh, it was like, okay, got to figure this out on the fly. Um, and I didn't realize how how much emotional formation has already taken place by age five. You know, when I looked at a five year, I was like, "Oh, he's still a, still a baby, still a kid." But like, no, by by age five, like that is a ton of the most important time in a kid's life and development. And even age three, you know, I looked at the three year old. Well, the three year old can't be like too messed up, right? Because he's only three. But they were, they had experienced a lot of trauma, um, a lot of emotional hurt, and had never really had a stable 
a stable presence. They had basically been passed around from who to whoever would watch them, you know, at given times. And so they were partially raised by their biological parents, partially by their paternal grandmother, partially by their maternal grandmother. And um, anyway, there just wasn't a whole lot of stability there. There were some people in their lives who did love them, uh, their, yeah. their maternal grandmother in particular, um, you know, was, you know, doted on them and, and spoiled them and, and was playing more of a grandmother role than a, than a mother role. And so there were some issues there and so forth. But, but my wife and I stepped in and I will say, um, I think the biggest thing that I saw pretty quickly, like within certainly in months, but even I feel like within weeks was just a blossoming of their self-confidence, uh, from just having a stable, loving, parent in their lives. And in my case, a father and just a funny quick story. Um, you know, I remember the first time I took them to (laughs) Chick-fil-A, this was back when I I say back when, um, Chick-fil-A's have playgrounds, right? Great playgrounds. And that's one of the reasons parents take kids to Chick-fil-A's because the playground, but I will say they've built a couple new ones near us here in Knoxville and they've built them without playgrounds. I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Chick-fil-A? Like where are the playgrounds? But anyway, so I, I took them to the playground and, um, all of the other kids, I thought there was going to be a great thing for them. And all the other kids were running, playing free and easy and climbing and sliding and what it been. And, and my kids were like these scared little cornered animals. They just like huddled together in the corner. I could barely get them to, to go on the slide or wow. like they had no confidence. Yeah. Um, and I contrast that with, with Declan, my youngest. I mean, he was like one and he was already, he's full of confidence, brimming with yeah. certainty and the ability, like, and but my older kids grew quickly, like literally by the next time we went to Chick-fil-A or the next time we went to the park, all of a sudden they're engaging with other kids and they're just starting to open up, right? And feel and testing boundaries a little bit and climbing a little bit higher on the playground sure. and, and all of those types of things. And so it was really cool to see see that self-confidence piece, I think, come yeah. out when you have a faithful father, a stable presence in a kid's life um, really matters. Yeah, absolutely. That's what a joy to be able to see that change. You know, that's a, and of course I would never wish the hardships that your kids experienced at a young age, you know, on them. Um, but what a, what a clear and just really plain as day evidence towards the importance of the role of being a faithful father, you know, and you, you've gotten to see that firsthand. And, uh, and that's very impactful. That's really cool. Um, so another one for me is, and this one is uh, kind of self, it's focused on me as the father again. The first one was, and this one is too, but it's just the bond and the relationship that I have with my kids through being, you know, a, a, a dad who's faithful to the best of my abilities to show up, to be present, to be engaged, to be loving, to be vulnerable with my kids, to be um, a strong, you know, provider and leader um, and, and being compassionate with our kids when they make mistakes, you know, all these things playing with our kids, the bond that we have with our kids, boys and girls is tremendous. And I just cherish that that relationship and that bond, I cherish it so much, you know, and it's uh, such a high value aspect of fatherhood is just the relationships that we have with our kids. You know, 
when they're, you know, they're, you can look at them and see if something's off, you know, you say, Hey, what's up? You know, are you good today? What's going on? You know, blah, blah. And then the moment that they feel comfortable enough to share some kind of inward emotion with you or some struggle or some challenge that they're going through. And I have the gift to just be able to be empathetic with them and go, Oh man, that's, that's really hard to deal with. I know, I know what you're talking about. Um, and just to, just to share life together, you know, um, I'm a person who's really wired for relationships. And, um, so that's one of the huge benefits to me is it, it just builds that bond so much. And the bond is different with each of your four kids in a slightly different way as well. Right. Oh, a hundred percent. That's so cool because it's like, you know, for you, you've got, you know, some, some genetic differences in your, in your family, you know, and for us, um, you know, all the, all of our kids are biologically our kids and, um, you know, but they're all completely different. I mean, they're, they're like so stinking different and uh, that's such a fun, such a fun spice of life. You know, it just speaks to God's creativity, to his um, magnitude and just his fun nature. You know, God is not this boring sit up in heaven, yell the rules at people kind of character. Um, he's this full of life and full of adventure and full of creativity, wild man. And, uh, so it's fun. It's fun to be a part of that, you know, yeah, that is, it's cool to think about. Um, yeah. And, and I, I'll build on what you said and, and say that for me thinking about this as well, uh, I think one of the biggest benefits is something that I've received and am continuing to try to receive and strive to receive. And that is the capacity to love better, to love differently and deeper, Uh, even, even differently than I love my wife and have had to learn how to love her. But I think loving kids is done in a slightly different way. And uh, but again, stepping into uh, an adoptive parent type of a role um, where, you know, with my two older boys, I didn't have that sort of immediate, like you see them, you see them growing in your wife's belly. And then like the second they're born, like there's an instantaneous love bond there and all that, um, you know, that wasn't necessarily there with the two older boys. And so it's been it's been learning to love them and love them the way they need to be loved and to develop that, um, yeah, that love. And, uh, a lot of that comes from time. That's where the bond is created. It's spending time. It's learning what about them is lovable. Um, and then even when they're doing, this is such a, I mean, this is, this also applies to a marriage relationship. Um, but just acknowledging and realizing that love is a verb. Yeah. And even when, even when your kids are not lovable, even when they're having one of those days or weeks or going through a phase or like whatever it is, and it's like, I just want to strangle that kid, um, but I still need to love him. Uh, yeah. He's driving me. He has been out of control all day long, but I need to swallow my pride. I need to get over myself. Like you said earlier, I need to get with the Lord, ask for some patience and then walk into his room at night, tell him I love him, kiss him yeah. good night, make sure that we end on a good note, like intentionally love him, yeah. even if he's driving yeah. me crazy. And that's something that I've I've really had to work on and grow. And and I think uh, just one more quick 
really cool story I think that happened this summer that I want to share uh, with you and and really the listener because I think it speaks to a lot of aspects of what we're talking about here. Um, so I was teaching my I was teaching both of my my older boys to water ski and it was, it was an interesting experience because you know I, I'm in the water with them and and Jackson's got skis that are way too big for him. He didn't fit into the trainer skis and he's never done anything like this before and. Uh, on day number one, uh, it did not go well. You know, he right. he didn't have the best attitude, and he didn't get up the first time, and then was convinced because he didn't literally pop up the very first time he tried. He was never going to learn to water ski, and all the negative self talk, and you know. So I'm coaching him through that, and I'm in the water with him, and he's, you know, the the boat starts to go, and he's getting yanked over, and he's swallowing water, and the skis are flying off, and he's just having a mis- miserable time. Yeah, do you water ski, Perry? I have a little bit, yeah, okay. and uh, and wakeboarded a little bit too. So, okay. but so yeah, you rem- probably remember the experience of trying to learn the oh, first yeah. time. It's not the easiest right. thing in the world to do, right? No, it's not easy at all. <laughs> but we have to coach our kids through. You try again, and here's what's going to happen, and blah blah blah. Right. And it just it it just didn't go very well the first day, and he's frustrated, and he's convinced he's never going to do it, and all this stuff, and he never never did get up on the first day, but, but we had blocked out two days to water ski for exactly this reason, because I figured he, you know, he's going to need some more time. And so on day two, we go back and, um, you know, I, I was half expecting him to say he was going to quit and, uh, and like, like he wouldn't want to try. And actually he, he did say that in the beginning. He's like, I'm not sure I want, can can we just tube or can we just do something that's easier? Right. Right. I was like, no, I'd really like you to try again. I think you can do this or whatever. But but the night before, I was talking to my wife about this. And this is the importance of having other people in our lives. The Lord, ideally, I, I probably should have gone to the Lord. Instead, I went to my wife. <laughs> I'm telling her about all this stuff. And she had some interesting insight and wisdom. She goes, she goes, tomorrow, why don't you just tell him you love him? Yeah. Don't, don't try to coach him too much because um, make sure he knows that your love for him is not contingent on him getting up. That's right. Because I think sometimes our kids try to perform for us. They think that we're only going to love them if they perform, if they do this or don't do that. And sometimes that's because of expectations we set on them, right? We're always trying to mold our kids and get them to, to behave in certain ways and so forth. So the next day I get in the water with him and I said, Jackson, I said, um, do you know that even if you never get up and never ever learned to water ski that I still love you. Yeah. And he and that's all I said to him that morning. And he looked at me with yeah. this really weird expression on his face. Like he almost didn't understand the question. And then I could visibly see him like relax in his face. He smiled and he said yes. And then I gave him like two cues reminding him what we talked about yesterday. The goat gunned it or the boat gunned it. He popped up first try and he skied around the bend and I just waved goodbye and he just skied all over the lake, literally. (laughs) 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 And I I sat there bobbing in the water for like 20 minutes waiting for them to come back. And that was one of the coolest experiences for me as a dad, just the pride of seeing him water ski. But, and I don't know if that unlocked something for him. He also had a better attitude that morning. I could see something in his eyes, like he was resolved to do it. He's got a little fight in him, which is good. Um, but I just thought that was really cool insight from my wife. And then when I said those words, and, and I think, I just think our kids need that. They need to know that. And, um, and for me, I'm having to learn that. I'm having to learn how to, how to give that in a way that my kids need that. Yeah, Absolutely. And that really that really ties into you know what I was going to talk about next, which is the blessing or the gift that it is to each of us as dads 
to see the benefits in our kids' lives as we walk this faithful fatherhood journey, as we walk the path, which is a challenge. It's not an easy path. It's a challenging path. Um, but we get to see firsthand the benefits, you know, to our kids. And I'll tell a quick story on about me, and it involves me screwing it up royally, right? I mean, doing the exact freaking opposite thing I should have done. And then being prompted by the Holy Spirit, hey, you know, you need to go, you need to go talk to Liam and make this right, you know. So, um, so my sons are JP 14, Liam 12, about to be 13, Seth 10, and then I have a daughter, Ruby, who's nine. Um, so Liam, this has been a few weeks, maybe a week ago, was mocking. Seth, making fun of his voice, just totally punking him, you know, belittling him, mocking him. And I calmly and casually, you know, what with intention said, Hey, let's think about this. Was that how you would want to be treated by your older brother to mock and ridicule and make fun of you? He said, No, you know, dad, I, I wouldn't like that. Okay, cool. So then let's maybe not do that to Seth. And he's like, Yeah, okay. You know, a few days go by. And me and the boys are in the vehicle riding home uh, from work. And uh, I have, I own a gymnastics gym for all the listeners. And my kids come to me with work to come to work with me most days. And uh, we get home kind of later in the evenings. It's just our family schedule is a little different than, you know, the average. Um, anyway, we're coming home from the gym. It's late in the evening. It's been a long day, et cetera, et cetera. And I hear Liam mocking Seth again, you know, making fun of his voice and teasing him and, you know, whatever, all the things he was doing. And I just snapped. I, I'm talking about I'm freaking pissed. I'm just like boiling. I, you know what I mean? I'm like, I just told you two days ago, you know what I mean? And so I, I pulled the vehicle over to the side of the road. and um. I, I work really hard at not reprimanding my kids in front of each other. I try really hard to praise them in front of each other and counsel or reprimand them in private. That's good. Um, it's kind of a rule that I set for myself. I do that, you know, across the board. If I'm in leadership over my employees, whoever, I try to always praise in public and work on improvements in private. Yeah, I like that. So, thank you. So I said, Liam. Let's get out of the van and have a chat. And so <laughs> the kids always, they, I mean, they know like if we're together and I'm like, hey, we're going to go talk out here. Everybody obviously knows that it's a reprimand talk, but at least it's, they don't get to hear what is said. So anyway, um, I, well, and I'm just boiling at this point. And so we walk around to the back and I asked them a question, you know, uh, something along the lines of, you know, what are you doing? Don't you remember our conversation the other day? And, and I was visibly tense. I was visibly angry. I'm not physically threatening him or verbally threatening him. You know, not, I'm not talking, nothing like that. But he can see the tension in my body language. And he says, well, no, I don't remember that conversation. And I leaned my head, hand against the van and I kind of like got down in his face. And I'm like, are you going to remember this one? And he's like, yeah. You know, and I said, all right, good you know, stop doing that. And he's like, and we go back and get in the van. 
And later that day, you know, the Lord's like, hey, do I ever talk to you like that? Hmm. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you know, you never, you know, lean in and go, you're going to remember this, you know? Um, no, you don't ever talk to me like that, Lord. And he's like, well, okay. <laughs> and so that night at the house, a little while had gone by because it's almost bedtime. I called Liam over and I said, hey, buddy, listen, I apologize for being so intense with you in that conversation. I apologize for not having more grace for you that you just forgot. And I just want to let you know that you are my beloved son and I delight in you and you bring me joy. And I'm so proud of you all the time. It doesn't matter what you do every day. It doesn't matter if you make mistakes. It doesn't matter if you forget. You are my beloved and I love you. And he literally just relief, like melted over him. And he says, thank you, dad, for Hmm. telling me that. We gave each other a big old hug and it was awesome. And the Lord gave me the, the benefit to undo the wrong that I had done to him by getting in his face. And, um, but like you said, they, they need to hear that. They need to know that. And I could visibly, I could visibly see this calm and this peace over him. And by me, I'm just trying, you know, I was just trying to change his behavior. Yeah. A more assertive conversation because the calm conversation didn't work. But obviously that's the wrong approach because I'm trying to fix his behavior. And all that does is that creates doubt in him about my love for him as a father. It creates this desire to try to live up to my standard or be good enough, you know, to be pleasing in my sight. And that's not how Yahweh operates with us. And that's not how we should operate with our children. And so I was able to undo that and put the relief back into him and put that confidence of, I am my dad's chosen and beloved son. I was able to reestablish that because I was the one that had created the doubt and, and taken that away from him emotionally in that moment. So a little bit of redemption there. Yeah. Huge redemption and huge grace and relief for Liam. It's just amazing how, how our points have sort of built on each other because that's exactly what I want to talk about. I think to wrap things up is um, you stepping in and playing that important role of um, of extending grace of, yeah. in your case, apologizing, which is a hard thing, I think, for fathers to do. Um, but it's a, an important thing to do. But extending that grace in a way that he can receive it and be more free. Yeah. Uh, to me, freedom is the is the final piece that I wanted to talk about. And and to me, maybe the biggest fruit of being a faithful father, or maybe more importantly, having a faithful father, including our heavenly father, is the freedom within which we get to operate. In our yeah. own lives. Yeah. And for our kids, you know, it's like, I'm sure we've all had this experience where our kids, where maybe a teacher, you homeschool though. So, um, but, but for me, like a teacher will say, oh, your kids are such a joy to have in class. And I'm thinking like, like, are you talking about the same, like the same kid? Uh, or, or they'll go spend the night at somebody's house and they'll be like, oh man, he's so polite. He, he did, he was such a joy to have here. And I'm like, Wait, what just happened? You know, and then they come home and they're like, "Holy terrors!" Yeah. <laughs> Why? It's because 
they're, they're free. They're like free in our house. And they're free to know that even when they mess up, they're loved. Even if they mess up, they're forgiven. Um, now we still want to mold certain behaviors when they're younger and things like that. Um, but, but we can extend grace to them and allow them to be who they are. And just another quick story. We had, we had only had the boys for a few, a few weeks, I guess. Um, and their grandmother, the maternal grandmother I, I alluded to had them a majority of the time to that point. And she, um, she came over to visit. I mean, she was still incredibly bonded with them and stuff. And she was over visiting and stuff like that. And she, she pulled me aside and she said, you know, Jackson, he just, he's a different kid. He just, he looks, he had, he smiled, he, and he laughed. And she said, I have not heard him laugh and giggle like a little boy in, in months. And it was so good to hear him laughing because there's, there's freedom. If you can just be under an umbrella of a faithful father to where, to where you can walk that out. And I think, I think that's so true in our own lives as well. If we can really connect with a deep understanding that we are forgiven by our Heavenly Father for every time we mess up and not live from a place of, am I going to be reprimanded? Do I need to live in fear? Do I need to perform in order to get love? No, no, and no. Like we have a Heavenly Father who will love us anyway, who has already forgiven us before we mess up. And to try to take that model and extend it down to our kids. Now, it's hard. I I was listening to your story and thinking of 10 other times I've done some, something similar, been too harsh with my kids, said words I wish I could take back, although I really try hard to not say the words. We'll do a whole episode episode on words and, and the power of the tongue at some point. But But the point is we will mess up as heavenly fathers, as earthly fathers, but to the extent that we can model that forgiveness, that grace, and provide an, a shelter really for our kids to live in freedom. It's only going to serve them as they're growing up into manhood and then being able to extend that and create that legacy that you were talking about in their own lives and their own kids. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, man, this is uh, this has been fun. This is more fun than I even realized I, I thought it might be just in terms of chatting and hearing stories and uh it's triggered a million thoughts in my own mind and and really inspired me literally to to be a better father this week as I go out into the week so I'm excited um so let's wrap wrap this episode up and circle back and Ooh. uh and reveal our our lies uh expose ourselves as liars so <laughs> <laughs> um so was I correct was it number two did you actually get busted with weed in Jamaica and sent home well, you hit the nail on the head. You hit the nail on the head. There was a little truth in that, number two, but it wasn't fully true. Um, I did get busted with cigarettes while in Jamaica on a mission trip in high school. I did not get busted for all the weed that I smoked on that mission trip, and I did not get sent home. So okay. it was number two. We have owned uh, a big boat, and we have lived on it. We've owned two boats to live on, and in high school, I definitely – climbed out on the roof of cars <laughs> on a regular basis. Which I'm sure your own kids will never do anything dumb like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a gym for them to climb up on the, the rafters and jump off into the pit. And so hopefully they, hopefully they get their thrills um, in a little bit more regulated environment than standing on the top of a vehicle going 60 miles an hour down uh, 
the streets of Greensboro. Yeah. Let's, let's keep our fingers crossed for that one. <laughs> um, and you were also surprisingly, you're right in, in your, <laughs> in your explanation. I, so I, so I, I went to Duke university and literally almost choked on the words as I said them that I'm a UNC You did a fan. good job. Yeah. I, anyway, so I will wash my mouth out with soap after we're done with this episode <laughs> and never utter such things again. Again, for those of you who may not have the context, Duke and UNC are bitter rivals and, uh, and I am a diehard Duke basketball fan, not a North Carolina basketball fan. So that's a story for another day. Although that alone probably turned off half of you as listeners because I have found that most people hate Duke. So that's all right. You can, you can hate. Uh, but anyway, um, so, so that is it. I hope you guys as listeners have had a lot of fun uh, listening. Click that subscribe button so that you're alerted next time an episode drops. And uh, a little teaser for sort of some upcoming episodes we're going to be doing. Perry did hint at a book that we're going to be sort of digesting and talking through by John Eldridge called Fathered by God. And we're going to have some interesting people on to share their perspectives, fathering kids at different stages of the masculine journey. I think you will really be blessed by it. I'm excited to learn more as we have those conversations as well. I think in the next episode, we will probably preview that and talk a little bit about some of those concepts before we actually dive deeper into the book. Not 100% sure exactly what we're going to do with the next episode, but we will be back uh, and look forward to talking with you again. Perry, any final thoughts before we wrap up episode number one of the Faithful Fatherhood podcast? Yeah, I just want to say, uh, first off, thanks to you, Brett, for being faithful in um walking out this in obedience and doing it. You know, that's it took a big step to to make it happen. And here we are, episode one in the book. So thanks for your uh faithfulness as God was faithful in continuing to, you know, just planting the seed of doing this in your heart and then watering it, you know, making it happen, continuing to tug at your heartstrings to 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 turn this from a concept into a reality. So thanks for your faithfulness in that. And then to the listeners Anybody that has um, tuned in with us, I just want to say thanks for sharing your time with us because I'm a man who believes wholeheartedly that time um, is our most valuable asset. And um, we really value your time and are grateful that you've tuned in and shared some time with us. And my prayer moving forward is that we will um, continue to follow the path that the Lord is putting us on in this um, fatherhood journey, number one, and then number two, in this um, journey of this podcast. And I'm excited as we look into the future and uh, move forwards. And uh, we're really excited to share the journey uh, with y'all as the listeners. And so, and then I would love to just close out and challenge everybody um, as we look into the week moving forwards. Uh, number one, um, have grace with yourself. Don't beat yourself up over over the mistakes that you've made um, in fatherhood in the past. So be in the habit of giving yourself grace, um, not beating yourself up. And then moving forward, you know, just try to improve 1% this week. Don't, don't try to become, you know, the world's best dad this week. Just try to be 1% better this week. Ask the Lord, hey, how can I be 1% better today than I was yesterday. 
and then just stay on that path. Don't give up. Um, and, and we'll grow in this journey together. Well said. Thank you all for listening, for subscribing, for sharing us with other dads that you know. And we will sign off for now and look forward to seeing you next time on episode two of the Faithful Fatherhood podcast. Take care, everyone. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying.